I have a question, my fellow gist mongers. Today, let's have a hard conversation. Let's keep it real, raw, and relatable. Yeah, it's all fun and games every other day. We'll be joking, encouraging, empowering each other. But I think it's high time that we dig deeper into each other's brains and engage and connect on a higher level of reality because that's what the Clutchet Podcast is all about. We're here to educate, empower, and entertain. The question is, what would you do differently if your life was given a deadline? It could be six months, it could be 12 months, it could even be two years. What would you do knowing that I have this amount of time to live before I die. It's a really tough question and I keep thinking about it from, is there something in my past that I probably want to go back and change? But at the same time, you really cannot control what has already happened. The goal is you have a certain number of days to live. So how do you live moving forward? But yeah, it's a lot. It's a tough question to deal with, but For some people, this is the reality of life. Like you literally have a death sentence given to you. Anyway, we'll be right back after this messaging. Stay tuned. This just in, actor Chadwick Boseman has died. He was just 43 years old. Everybody is the hero in their own story. He, of course, starred in Black Panther. The impact of that is something that nobody can actually write about. I hope people are proud when they finish watching the He broke stereotypes and became a role model for black youth. Bozeman had been fighting colon cancer for four years, but never spoke about his diagnosis. Bozeman has probably begun a weight loss regimen for a future role. Superpower you wish you had in real life. I wish I could freeze time. Let me tell you people, that last statement right there really got me in my feelings. And for the better part of yesterday, I just spent most of my evening online, digging through the crates, researching on who he was, what he did, where did he come from, what was the genesis of his career, what his love life was all about, did he have kids, like, you know, Black Panther is such a personal movie and I know we don't give Chadwick the much needed respect that he deserves when we accord it to just one role that he has played. He had amazing roles in the box office, honestly speaking, but he will forever be remembered for Black Panther because he gave us people of Wakanda, for lack of a better word, a sense of belonging when it came to superheroes, like for once black people were portrayed in such a beautiful light and it really broke my heart to know that someone that we hold in such high regard and esteem 
the one power that he wish he had he couldn't tell anybody and he knew that he was running out of it day by day this guy was dropping subs everywhere like there were so many clues but nobody picked them up like i remember there was one premiere where they were asking him like they were trying to get teasers and spoilers out of him i can't remember which movie it was but he kept saying i'm dead i'm already dead and the reporter tried to twist the question in so many ways like to get him you know in a conniving manner to get something out of him but his response was constantly the same i'm already dead but the one that literally broke my heart is the clip that i'm about to play for you right now there there are two um two little kids uh, Ian and Taylor who um recently passed uh from cancer and throughout our filming i was communicating with them um knowing that they were both terminal and and what they said to me is in their parents said they just they're trying to hold on till this movie comes and to a certain degree it's, it's a humbling experience because i think back now to a kid and just you know uh waiting for christmas to come waiting for my birthday to come i did live life waiting for those moments and so it put me back in the mind of being a kid and when i found out that they <sighs> yeah it's it's it means a lot this is the one clip that legit made me realize we have lost a real superhero like i just found myself breaking down in tears Let me put it into perspective. So this is in 2018 after they released the movie Black Panther. Actually prior to the release. And obviously there's already noise going around it, uh the first African black superhero movie in the making, Marvel making moves and stuff like that. And there's a foundation called Make a Wish Foundation which basically gives children who are terminally ill an opportunity to write a love letter to their icons, their superheroes and their superstars, like people that they idolize and look up to. And here is Chadwick Boseman going to visit these two young boys to give them hope. And the boys are the ones who are giving him hope and saying, "We just hope that we can prolong our lives till the movie's out. Like we can't wait to watch you." But behind the scenes, nobody, and I mean absolutely nobody, not his cast members, not the producers, not the directors of the show, no that he himself is a make-a-wish child like as he is watching these kids he can relate to their pain on another level because he is also battling cancer stage 3 which means it's completely advanced like the chances of him coming out alive after battling this demon are close to zero like the survival rate is extremely slim and he knows this he understands this but he still maintained character portrayed himself as a superhero that he is and he was able to fulfill a dying kid's wish and just when he thought that they would be able to have front row seats of them watching the movie once it's done the kids passed away if i were him 
it would be such a rude awakening to just know that this this is me like every day i'm living with hope but it could be me that's next and how do you just keep that all inside and still show up and show out every day yo it takes a different kind of superhuman to do that i don't even think i have the power to do that i have utmost respect for chadwick boseman i feel like we all had this aura of him being such a supernatural because of how he embodied the role of tichala in black panther that we to a given extent forgot he was human and that's why when he showed up on uh, live i believe earlier on this year people were trolling him like yo a guy has lost so much weight and everybody just automatically assumed he's probably doing it for a role you know it really really shocked me the kind of i i don't know if i should say grace or self awareness or how he embodied the disease i'm trying to imagine black panther started shooting in 2016 the same 2016 he has been diagnosed with stage 3 cancer meaning it has advanced like literally right now it's tiktok tiktok time is not on your side but he decided not to stop living because he knows he's dying and actually accelerated and pressed the pedal and now lived his life to the fullest like how many of us can actually do that given those circumstances i'm telling you y'all like god forbid if they ever tell me that i got it like cancer <laughs> fake wang right there forgive me i think even just the stigma of knowing that i have it is what will kill me because i'm just like what what is this you know but even in that situation of madness and insanity he was like uh uh-uh, uh this is not going to put me down i am going to live my mark in history and i'm going to live it with pride like i'm not going to let my legacy be that i died in pain as i mentioned um uh, dug a little bit into his life and just to get some form of i wouldn't say closure because in this case closure has to happen between two parties who are willing to settle an argument and yes thank you very much for everybody who contributed and engaged with me in the comment section regards to our topic last week I was I was overwhelmed by the response but our girl is happy whether she takes the advice or she doesn't we have done our part in society as just mongas she asked for help and we gave her the help and for those who actually say that they are pro closure good for you like this is not a situation where you know it's cut on stone that no closure is the way to go if closure works for you perfect do it live your life your rules but we just wanted to discuss it from a perspective where there's actually two angles to this shit just because closure has been propagated so much by all the self help emotional mental health um the mental health industry doesn't mean that that's the only way sometimes not having closure is actually a better way of healing as well anyway i digress forgive me so i took time to dig deep into chadwick boseman's life and There are a few things that I actually learned about him that were very interesting. And I can say for me personally beyond the role that he has played in uh, Hollywood and producing blockbuster movies on a personal level this is what I take from his life. Number 
Privacy is the new freedom. I'm going to say that again to let it sink in. Privacy is the new freedom. And it just goes back to him going on set on set, acting like he's normal. Like I watched Black Panther yesterday and I'm looking at some of the the freaking martial arts, the fighting, the kicking, like, yo, he was stabbed in the gut. Like, I know it's acting, but I'm imagining them doing it while they were recording. It doesn't look pleasant. He had to be turning, rolling, jumping upside down. And I'm like, and a nigga was literally dying inside. But outside, he was like, I'm not going to let cancer define me. I am T'Challa. He lived in the moment and embodied that role to perfection. I was watching um, a commentary on YouTube and obviously now the whole team of Marvel has come out in shock just expressing like, yo, Spike Lee, Ryan Coogler, uh, Lupita hasn't said anything and it's really sad that a lot of people are actually crucifying her because there was a time where people had actually assumed her and Chadwick had a thing because their characters were meshed so well together in Black Panther then we came to realize later that he's actually seeing someone else. So guys, let's not crucify Lupita. Uh, one, of course, I'm defending her as a Kenyan sister but number two, as someone who has undergone grief and knows death so from both angles i've been the bereaved and have gone to comfort someone who's bereaved people grieve in different ways people process and come to terms with death in different ways give lupita her time if she wants to do it publicly or privately that is absolutely none of our business let her do her thing at her own pace that's just all i'm about to say so never judge someone for not coming out to, oh, RIP this, RIP that. No, death is very personal. How you react to it and how I react to it could be very different. It doesn't mean that my way is wrong and your way is right. Yeah, so I was telling you the story about um, he was on set with, what's his name, Clark Peters last year. They were shooting The Blood Five and they were shooting in Thailand. For, for a moment, like Clark Peters was like, what the hell is this guy? Like, you know, you all expect this T'Challa vibe now that he's on a regular movie. You know, it's like when you see Superman with powers and then you watch him in a movie where he doesn't have powers, like things just don't add up. So Clark Peters was like, it seems like that Black Panther money has got into his head because he had like an entourage. They were shooting his in Thailand. His girlfriend was there. He had someone like to massage his feet. Like he had like people who would constantly come and check like his vitals, give him water and everything. And he was just like, yo, this guy was a diva. And only for him to come now and realize that this whole entire time when you were busy judging him, he needed those people to ensure that he's in shape and form to deliver the role in the movie that you played together. And he was even like, we were literally trekking, like carrying camera equipment worth kilos and kilos of weight. And this guy did not complain, not even once. And it was hot. Imagine traveling, you're on medication, a different climate, different food, and you're in the forest. And the guy was still like, yo, I'm going to give you my A1 day one game regardless. And y'all didn't know what he was going through. So it also just taught me to never judge people. Instead of judging, experience people. It could be good or bad. You know, we all have situations where we know someone. Who knows someone? We meet someone for the first time. The first thing we do is like, 
you go on their Instagram, you see they have mutual friends. So you already go and you DM the person like, oh, how is this person? I am making it an intentional thing in 2020. I am going to do my level best to experience people for myself and not rely on the judgments that have been placed based on other people's experience. To cut it short, I will not take Panadol for somebody else's headache. Secondly, I've just been really upset because besides the madness of 2020, eh, the last two years, I feel like we've lost some really dope, magnificent talent that were not only working to profit themselves, but they were working towards making things better for the entire black fraternity. Let's start with Nipsey Hussle. I'm not going to lie, guys. I had no idea who Nipsey Hussle was, but I had seen his face. So I could recognize him, but I didn't know his name. And the reason why I knew him is because I'm an avid follower of Lauren London. Like, I love her from the days she was on The Game on BET. Like, these are some of the shows that we grew up watching. So, you know, I follow her, like, what her life is all about. And then one day, I'm randomly watching YouTube. And you know how YouTube does this thing based on your history. It recommends like different shows that you would like. And then there's a video of them doing the GQ photo shoot. And instantly, I just caught a vibe. I literally had never seen this guy in, like, in a video. I'd only seen him on like the gram, on her posts. But his energy was so contagious. Yo, like it just hit me in such a weird way. And then the way he was treating her, like tying her shoes... He was so empathetic about asking everybody on set if they were okay. And then I remember Lauren was a bit conscious because she had just had a baby. So she was like, I don't like the clothes they've given me because my flab is showing. And he was like, cut everybody. Yo, we can't continue until she gets something that she likes. Like I was like, sis, you bagged a really good man. And just when I started falling in love with him, like I now went to his page and I started stalking. Two days later, somebody shot the guy. And I'm like, uh-uh. What kind of wicked people do we live with in this world? Are we really alone or are they aliens? Because I don't understand how a human being can come and do that to someone who's just so noble and selfless and just wants to see everybody prosper and do good. So that one really pained me. I'm not going to lie. Second one was when we lost Kobe. Frankly speaking, I, I'm not very conversant with sports. But obviously, you know the GOATs. Like, you know um, Michael Jordan. You know Kobe. And you know the other one, the tall one, I've forgotten, is LeBron. Yes. So those are people that you know. And I've read like snippets, quotes. I've seen random interviews where he drops gems and wisdom. So you're aware of the things that he stands for and stuff. And then just like that, airplane, crash, kid, family. I'm like, yo, what the hell is happening? No sooner have we even finished grieving Black Mamba, Black Panther has followed. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like people who are really doing some dope stuff for us in the entertainment scene. It's, it's like personalities that kids will grow up looking up to. And just like that, they're gone. I always ask myself random questions because I just feel like sometimes it's important for you to prepare yourself for the eventuality of death. It's really a taboo conversation that everybody avoids. It's kind of negated with so much bad vibes. But at the end of the day, who are we lying to? It is our reality. So I was just thinking to myself and I was like, Yvette, when your time comes, would you rather die a sudden death or would you rather be given the time of knowing that it is eventually coming? To be very honest though, I'm confused, but I'm leaning towards the one of I would rather die suddenly because 
I don't like feeling like a burden to the people that love me. Like I don't have to rely on someone to be driving me, washing me, cleaning me. It's a lot. And I know you can pay for that stuff, but hey, like if people love you, they would want to go over and above for you. But still, I wouldn't want to feel like a burden. And I don't want to experience myself deteriorating, going through the pain of waiting, the anxiety of knowing it can happen anytime now. Like I would rather just go like in a flash, which I know is unfair again to the people that love me because then they have to absorb the shock and the grieving is slightly different. But hey, it's just food for thought. Like, how would you want to go? I'm sorry for being very dark and twisted, but yeah, these are just the random musings that keep me awake at night sometimes. Number three, something that I loved about Chadwick Boseman and how he handled his entire predicament of death is that he prepared for it. Like he had been dating this chick for about five or six years now. And it's really sad because they met, I think, in 2014 or 2015, dated for about a year. And then one year into dating, he was diagnosed with cancer. And I'm thinking, yo, they're already telling me this shit is stage three. (laughs) It's advanced. Chances are slim. How many girls would have actually stayed and trooped and been with him? knowing that we only have a limited amount of time to love each other in the flesh. That takes a lot, man. I, I, I don't even know if I have the strength. I pro- I'd probably run. I'm like, hey, please, oh, I'm looking for happily ever after. This one that we have timeline, I cannot manage. If I'm being frank, but the girl literally stuck. And what's even more interesting is she's like 13 or 14 years younger than him. And the fact that he dated her for so long yeah i'm yeah i'm just wondering five years yeah that was a quite a bit of a long courtship even before he acknowledged her in the spaces of you know going for award ceremonies and stuff like they were they were together as an item for quite some time but a guy was like keeping her keeping her private again privacy is the new freedom but i'm glad that when things got worse he did the right thing he died under the covenant of marriage I know what I'm about to say may sound manipulative, calculated, and selfish. But yo, hear me out. Like, listen with your head, not your heart. You understand? Sometimes when it comes to matters of dealing with life, you need to exercise wisdom and use your head before your heart. Because there's a reason why the head sits on top of the heart. Okay? I am so glad that after dating for about five, or was it six years, he actually married Taylor Simone Ledward. You people, can you imagine? You date this guy for one year. It's all hunky-dory, traveling the world. He's a movie star. You're a musician. You're both just living off the juices of your talent. Love is flowing. One year into dating, a guy is diagnosed with cancer. I'm not going to lie. That one is hard, though. Ah, me, Amaka. Hey, I don't even know if I will stay. It's a tough decision to make. Because here you are, you are fallen in love, you love this man, and now the doctor has only said you have four to five years to enjoy this love together. My friend, I'm looking for happily ever after. Happily is very short. Please, can we move on to the next one? But the girl chose to stick around and walk with him through this entire journey. And he actually took his time. Like, I really would like to understand why he hesitated. Because at his age, um, late 30s into his 40s, I was expecting that he would have settled earlier on. I didn't think he would have such a long courtship to, to be honest, of five years of dating. You know, 
at some point guys just do six months and walk down the aisle if it doesn't work out in the next six months divorce and life moves on but in this case he took his time they dated for a while and he finally made it right by taylor simone ledward last year at a wedding in malibu small and intimate private wedding now why i say this event was extremely important is can you imagine this girl you've given five years to your life the man has not married you he has died and then you come and want to deal with the wahala of the family later. I don't care whether it's a different culture, Amaka, you're thinking as an African, whether it's different religion, different background, different country. Uh-uh. My friend, let's be real. There has never been a funeral where there is no drama. Drama and funerals, same WhatsApp group. Let's be honest. So the fact that he actually put his house in order before he died ah mr chadwick boseman i hail you you're a true african man thank you for giving this woman peace of mind because she would now be grieving going through the loss of her man and then random baby mamas will just start sprouting from nowhere you don't have any will no legitimacy to claim any of his assets nothing has been betrothed to you no will to inherit and if given five good years of your life to this man it's painful though. Like sometimes, eh? We need to use sense for this matter. Not just everyday heart, heart, love, love. You think love can pay bills? Go to showroom, buy car and say you want to pay with love. Let's see which car you will buy. Let me tell you people a very funny story. So I have this one uncle. You know in the family you always have this one uncle who's well-to-do, um, he's successful, has businesses that are thriving. That one uncle, be it fundraising, be it wedding, be it funeral, he's the spokesperson. Because you people also have to show that we have people who are, you know, successful in our family. We have to give a positive representation of our generation and our lineage, okay? So this is the one man who's constantly at the forefront of all family representations. However, like every other human being, he has a weakness. And you know what they say, more money, more problems, and the problems come from more women, period, especially in an African context. Unfortunately, because of his promiscuous nature, he contracted the virus, HIV. And he had a loving wife who they've literally built together. Like it was campus love. They met when they were both studying law and they decided, you know, to tie the knot and start their lives together. But then when the money started coming in, uh, my friend, second wife, third wife and such stuff, not legitimately, but she was aware that, you know, he has other women out there. In his home, he had five kids. Outside, there were like seven from like three or four baby mamas. So... Back in the early 2000s, HIV was uh, carried around by so much stigma and medication wasn't advanced as it is today. Today, people are living, as, in, as you can see, who have cancer. People who have diabetes are dying every day. Meanwhile, HIV people are just there living their best life. That was not the case a while back. So my guy finally realized that, oh, my friend, my time is coming. And this woman, Kai, I've really taken her through pain. I've made her suffer. So she now said, please, my dear, when I die, please use sense. You know, outside there, there are other people. And this wealth, we have built it together. You've been there from day one. One spoon, one cup. We started together. And as much as I've hurt you in life, I want to do right by you in death. So please use your wisdom. The guy finally died. 
And on the day of the funeral, everybody was coming, moaning, crying. You know how successful people attract a huge crowd when it comes to funerals. My friend, there were even professional mourners rolling on the floor, screaming. You don't even know the person who has died, but you're there moaning at a fee. And everybody kept asking, ah, where's the casket now? We want to pay our last respects. Where is the guy? Where is this? What was even more curious was like, how comes there's no grave? Like we haven't even dug the hole where we're going to rest, lay him to rest. Hmm. That's when they now said, uh, yeah, Oga has passed away. You know, it's really sad. But uh, for those who want to come and pay their last respects, Madame just put container on top of the table and say, there is your Oga. Everybody's like, eh? Hey, she used her sense. She decided, okay, it's all you baby mamas who want to come and chop my wealth. Oh. The wealth that I struggled through the turmoil of his promiscuous nature. You now want to come and tell us to divide half. It cannot happen. It's not my portion in Jesus' name. She burned the guy to ashes. <laughs> Cremation express. Those days, I don't think uh, forensics was so advanced that you could get DNA from ashes and stuff like that. So the baby mamas were just there looking at each other like, Aya, what do we do now? Let's just continue with this single mother journey. And that's how Madame was able to take up the estate of this man and is now living her best life. So again, I know this is a very crude and shrewd example, but it's just the evidence and importance of putting your house in order. Things happen for good, for bad. This is the definition of for better, for worse. Okay, enough with sad sob stories. What are you guys currently watching? Mm -hmm. Netflix, Afro cinema people, what are you guys watching? Afro cinema has been a bit boring over the last two weeks. I'm still watching the men's club, which to be very honest, this season, yeah, the storyline is taking quite a long time to build and it's starting to annoy me. But hey, there's some nice eye candy, so I'm not complaining. Uh, on Netflix, I'm watching uh, Rhythm and Flow for the third time. I just have a thing for competitive shows. Like it just gets my juices flowing, my adrenaline rising. And I love T.I. Like T.I. is the only light-skinned nigger that I know who can get it. He can get it. I can get it. Everybody can get it. Oh, and then he's on the show with Cardi B and uh, Chance the Rapper. If you haven't watched it, I would really urge you to watch it. Like just going through the rap battles, the eliminations. You know, you fall in love with one artist and you're like, God, I really want this person to win. And then out of nowhere, you know, an underdog just comes up with their A-game and does like an amazing performance. And then all of a sudden you're like, ah, maybe this other person can win. So that has been very interesting to watch. Um... What else am I watching? Frankly speaking, that's just it. Another competitive show that I'm loving on Netflix, though it's a bit American, is uh, Geopardy. So it's just like for my Kenyan audience, if you remember Omopika Box, something like that, but based on American history, the money prizes are bigger. But if you're looking for something to, you know, spike your general knowledge and just expand your brain, it's quite interesting. So check that out. Besides that, oh, we cannot end this podcast without discussing versus Brandy versus Monica. What? <laughs> 1.2 million people logged in, like literally broke the record of versus. 
that was quite an interesting show. Like I found myself there just reliving my teenage, <laughs> all my heartbreaks, all my crushes. Like it was such an amazing life. And a few things that I enjoyed about that life is like that was the one life where celebrity, ordinary person like Amaka, we were all on the same WhatsApp group. In the comment section, I'm commenting. We were in a conversation with some of my friends. Under my comment, I just see Michelle Obama has commented. I see Snoop Dogg has commented. Kim Kardashian has commented. Malik Berry has commented. Tiwa Savage has commented. I was like, ah, hey, if this was real life, eh, this would have been mad fun. There was no VIP. Oh. There's no VIP in online concert. We are all the same, on the same level. I absolutely love that. Another thing that I realized is that moving forward, social media is going to play such a huge part in campaigning for presidential elections. There's no time to go and uh, be holding rallies and filling arenas to listen to Make America Great Again. Nobody has that time. So if any country is going or planning to go into elections, it's very integral that they understand the role that social media is going to play in the political space going forward. Last but not least, ah, the internet is savage. <laughs> I had no idea of how deep the beef between Brandy and Monica was, you know? And I wouldn't even say was because I really don't think that beef is over. The energy, the low-key shade, what? <laughs> it was such an interesting versus, I'm not going to lie. I was so disappointed, though. Like, they didn't actually sing. I was like, what the hell? Like, we were waiting to hear you guys show off your vocal prowess. But I get it. It's okay. They did a phenomenal job, and um, yeah, it was definitely one for the books. I actually, it got me missing my 90s, like 90s baby, 2000 babies. What, what is this music you are listening to these days? Could you hear the depth of the lyrics? Eh? Angel of mine. I can't sing to save my life, but that day I was screaming at the top of my lungs. Music these days makes no sense to me. I just look left and right. Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Idiotio, idiotida. What is that? 90s men, we really had some dope hits, some really good music that told real stories and like spoke to our hearts. Music these days is just something else, like honestly speaking. And Brandy and Monica kept pushing the agenda for the tour, but based on the energy that I felt that day, I don't see that tour happening. Their beef is still strong. That day, they just put it aside for three hours. But <laughs> Instagram will not lie. We'll still hear them in these Twitter streets. So the backstory is apparently, um, was it 10 or 9 years ago, uh, Monica <laughs> sucker punched Brandy at an award show. Why she did it is still unclear. <laughs> Monica just said, like, Brandy was moving mad around that time. So before she could say anything, bam, she punched her. <laughs> On a personality level, no offense, I fuck with Monica, but when it, it comes to vocal prowess and uh, singing talent, like Brandy definitely stole the show. So I want to know from you guys, my gist mongers, which team were you on? Were you team Brandy or team Monica? People now even started asking Monica, where are her white shoes that she used to wear in the 90s? But if I'm being frank, <laughs> Brandy shoes. <laughs> she showed up with them kitten heels. <laughs> Somebody said that Monica came dressed for the gods, dressed to the nines. Meanwhile, Brandy looked like she passed by <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg's house. 
and called Erika Badu on the way, then took public transport <laughs> to go for verses. Ah, ha! It has been a crazy week, like a week of all sorts of emotions. But again, we survived. Like we are here. September is upon us. Uh, let's see the madness it holds. But I, I believe that we are strong enough to conquer, irrespective of the challenges that are presented to us. So in that spirit, um, I'm not going to chop your bundles any further. Let's end it here and pick up the conversation next week. My name is Amaka, the original, the certified gist monger. Till next time, stay safe, stay true, stay you. I love you guys. Mwah.